Hi everyone, I want to take a moment to chat about CBD with you really quick. Do any of you deal with stress, anxiety, chronic pain, or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. Many of us do. In fact, I personally deal with chronic pain when I'm on my period and the combination of saffron and CBD has been a total game changer for me. I was searching for a legit ingestible CBD product. Then I discovered Feels. Feels is a premium CBD membership brand that delivers directly to your doorstep. What I love most about Feels is their potent dose of CBD and the fact that they offer it in three different strengths. It naturally helps reduce anxiety, pain, and sleep issues. And as a new mom, those are three areas I definitely wanted to focus on. I don't take acetaminophen or ibuprofen, so taking a high-dose CBD product like Feels is an important part of my pain protocol. I love that it's easy to take. I just place a few drops under my tongue and feel a difference within minutes. Their droppers even have lines on them so you can identify your proper dose because everyone's dose is different. They also provide real human support by offering a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. And the best part about it is the fact that it's only two ingredients, organic coconut MCT oil and domestic hemp cannabinoid extract. Since we started working together, I've consistently been taking feels and totally noticed the difference. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash the fullest and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash the fullest to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Sign up and let me know how it helps you. I'm so curious how feels helps you feel your best. Feels.com slash the fullest. I'm so excited to share with you today's guest, Amanda Chantal Bacon, who's now Amanda Rogov, and she's the founder of Moon Juice. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to sit and chat with you. I know. It's been a while, and you're just so much has changed for you since we last talked. I mean, we talk obviously over the phone and stuff, but since we last really like sat down and hung out and spoke a little bit and we did a video interview a few years back. I mean, it was just like on the brink of you meeting your partner and then obviously getting married, having a beautiful daughter and moon juice has grown so much. So I'm just really excited to kind of learn more about that story because last time we spoke, you shared so much about just you know, the struggles of being a single mom and starting a business and you were super devoted to your spiritual practice and not that that's changed, but obviously you have so much more going on in your life and really super well-rounded life, it seems. Yes. And I'm just so excited to learn more about how it's been. So yeah. Well, and same for you, Nikki. Thank I feel you. like when, when we did sit down like this last time, you were about to get married. Uh, yeah. Or, or had maybe you just I'd just gotten, gotten married. Yeah. You had just gotten married and you were about to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I know. And we talked I mean, so much this, about that. This has become, I mean, you had one of my, one of my heroes on last week, oh, RFK. Yeah. So, I mean, you have really, you've been living, living a double <laughs> Yeah. We've been parallel pathing yeah, out there. Yeah. So I'm really excited because, I mean, talking about kids, 
one of the, I didn't even know or think about nursing and stuff until we spoke. And I mean, you had told me you nursed Rohan for about three years and why and how it's so good for brain development. And those are things that I just never thought about. So you definitely made such an impact on me going into becoming a new mom. And I'm just so curious how things are now and how it was before just compared to that, because I mean, you were, I don't know, we spoke a little bit about this a few weeks back, but obviously being a single mom, you co-slept mm -hmm. not, that's not the only reason obviously, but you did it a little different before you mm -hmm. co-slept super attached. He came to work with you. You started moon juice like with him basically in a baby carrier mm -hmm. there with you at all times. And I want to know what the difference is now. Right. So, so many differences. Um, you know, at the, at the base of it, I am parenting with, with a partner and, and with a partner that I love. And so I'm a very different person now. I think I've really been able to step into the mother mm -hmm. um, in a new way. I think, you know, mostly because of my partner who really is a father and can hold that. And so I really get to just mother, yeah, which is so nice. Um, also where my business is now, you know, that I do not have to be in super warrior mode 24 seven in opening that driving that, um, that also allows me to be Way more of the Nurture. mother. You know, I guess yeah. that's mother energy as well, that inception. Mm -hmm. um, like fierce, fierce creativity. I definitely get to be in much more of like a gentle, nursey mother role. Yeah. Um, second time around, you really do come to the table with insight and things you'd like to try differently. Um, and, and with my daughter, I got to have that birth that you wanted, that I really wanted. Aww. I got to have that birth. So, um, having that experience, getting to have the pregnancy that I also wanted and the birth, getting to have the 40 days postpartum. I mean, these were things that I tried for with my son and I just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I hadn't set myself up like that. I wasn't, that wasn't my story then. Um, and I, you know, I spent the next eight years really setting myself up to have that experience and really looking at the places where I wasn't in that place with yeah. my son and how I got there, how I could do it differently, what that would be like. What was the transition like for your family when your husband came into the picture? Because you had one man in your life, essentially, and that was yes, your son. I know. And How he did... really was the alpha man, only man on the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband and I continue to look at it and marvel and go, whoa, that was pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, you really, you hear... These um, horror stories out there, but Rohan loved him mm -hmm. from the get go. 
I think it was like, I don't know if I ever went on a date with my husband, but like by the third date, Rohan met him and liked him. I mean, my husband's incredible with mm-hmm. children and with little boys, especially. Um, yeah. And my son just fell in love with him Aww. and, you know, he moved in very quickly and Rohan actually offered up his room. Wow. To become the studio. And he was so happy to move into another room and have Gregory come in and take his room and turn it into the studio and like really like helped move his room and clear it. And that that's been the energy the whole time for our wedding. Was he part of the wedding? Yeah. That's so cool. And we didn't have a rehearsal or anything like that. So it really was um organic. And Rohan was helping me to get ready and he actually like Aww. put my veil on. So sweet. And rode the little golf cart to like get to the moon pool where everybody was waiting. And I was kind of nervous all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and he held my hand and, you know, it's just like, you look so beautiful. Oh my gosh. How <sighs> old was he? He was five. Well, so he must have been five, five or six. That's so young, but he's so such an old soul. He seems he is. Yeah, he is super mature. That's so sweet. Yeah. And then I said, you know, you, you, you can go sit with your friends or go like sit with your grandmother. Um, or you can come up with us, whatever you choose. And he really wanted to hold my hand and <laughs> come up. And so in the ceremony, we had a ring for him as well. Wow. Made. So we didn't he know was if he part wanted. of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, he like came to the cake tasting. He disagreed with our choice and the flavor <laughs> of the cakes. So he had his own cake with his friends. Like he was definitely his wedding too. Yeah. That's really cool. Did you grow up with a single mom or? No. Is no, your but dad my husband grew up with a stepfather. Okay. And so he really walked into that role mm-hmm. and, um, has really honored that as mm-hmm. a responsibility and has come to the table with so much. And um, he is a stepfather and he really loves and it's a huge part of his life. So I think that. Yeah, he knew that it was possible. He knew the ropes. Yeah. I didn't know anything about this. But what about your dad? Um, <laughs> Me getting super personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I. My husband is not anything like him. Yeah. So that's good. So, yeah, my husband really um, brought so many new things to the table for me, for Rohan. Like he really just brought this new paradigm that, you know, was always my um, fantasy as like a kid. You'd see those families. Yeah. um, With those kind of dynamics. And I always gosh that's so nice and then as you get older you see like that boyfriend or that husband or that father Mm -hmm. um which I could always appreciate but it was from a distance yeah well that's really important I think that you noted that that you appreciated it because I mean you're such a spiritual person I know and I or I know that you are a spiritual person and so I think that's part of the practice because so many times I think people maybe aren't conscious and like what they want and mm. those patterns, those ancestral patterns get repeated. 
And it's unknowingly that's what happens. And so someone who you really cultivated that and you knew what you wanted and you created this. And I took a, I took a big pause. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, I had done things in my life to reanimate Mm -hmm. that pattern. Um, and at a certain point I was sick of seeing that old thing again, like, ugh, that old familiar heartbreak, that old abuse pattern. Like I, I don't want to see this anymore. So I think, you know, step one is really identifying the pattern. Um, and it's really scary and it's really uncomfortable and we don't want to see that. And, you know, really, um, getting comfortable with the fact that there was a subconscious pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, I did continue to call that in best for me to take a break on everything and, um, admit that I had a terrible blind spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and to walk around knowing that about myself. Um, how long do you think that pause was for? Like it was an intentional pause. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big intentional pause. Um, It really started when Rohan was born. Mm -hmm. And that's the incredible thing about becoming a mother is um, we get this perspective. And so for me, where I couldn't self-advocate, you're handed a beautiful baby that you love more than anything And you want to protect more than anything. And you watch the ways you'll advocate for your child. Um, And I realized that those were not ways that I was actually advocating for myself. So it was like training wheels of let me advocate for this child and seeing the way that I um, changed my life to accommodate him was like, oh, I should have been doing this for myself a long yeah. time ago. Um, and then really paying attention to that, mm-hmm. you know? I guess I had him when I was young, which biologically... It wasn't. It was not. But yeah. socially, you know, How 27 you? and pregnant oh. mm-hmm. is young. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I began mothering him and myself. And then sought out community and practices and teachings and teachers that really could support that subconscious cleansing. Yeah, no, I love that. And like you said, just I've heard this a lot, but if you want to create something in your life, really appreciating it when other people have it and you see Mm -hmm. it and acknowledging that and Mm -hmm. how beautiful it is rather than turning into like a victim like Mm -hmm. why don't I have that how come that doesn't happen to me and really I I just thought that was really beautiful and when I've heard that before in the past I've I've really stopped and noticed the difference yeah and any anything that's sparkly that catches your eye you know pay attention to Mm -hmm. because that that is what you want Mm -hmm. that that is what you can have Yeah. So I want to get into moon juice with that because you really built something so incredible and so genuine. And I really look up to moon juice as a company and brand and you as a founder. 
And I'm wondering who was that person for you? Like who did you look up to or was it really from within as you built your brand? You know, I, I, I think it really started from within mm-hmm. and organically rolled out. Um, Moon Juice was started with a very modest um, friends and family loan mm-hmm. and organically grew from there. So it's a different story than what we often see and hear now in a very popular model is find white space, yeah. come in with like the perfect marketing pitch, raise 10 to $50 million, like get tech savvy mm-hmm. and go. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't great. my story. Yeah. Um, that's not a bad story. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that just was not my story. Um, so, you know, I, I did not, uh, there weren't many models at the time that I was picking up and saying, this is it, let's go. Um, I'm forever inspired by the Patagonia story. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I was really inspired by Coca-Cola. I had a first grade teacher who told us that her grandfather or her grandfather's friend in Georgia had invented Coca-Cola and it was like this little crazy tasting tincture down in the South. And I mean, I didn't drink Coca-Cola growing up, but I could see it. I can remember going into health food stores um, as a child and learning how to read. And there are a few brands that really stuck with me. One was the Panda Licorice. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I and I remember really at like age four or five opening up, like, was I going to get the red licorice or the black licorice that day? There was a panda on it, which mm-hmm. really spoke to me. <laughs> um, and eating that and watching my parents give money and like really downloading on the store and commerce and thinking, there's somebody out there. That made this. That made this. And I think people, you know, friends at the time were really into um, actors or musicians. I kept going back to the health food store and like those were my celebrities. It was the people behind Panda Licorice. Mm-hmm. Where, where are they now? Yeah. Who are they? <laughs> um, there was a cookie company called Frukies. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard of that I don't one. think they're still around, but they were like the first gluten-free cool. fruit juice sweetened cookie. Really enamored with that. And then cut to as I was a teenager, um, I heard that the Fruki family owned a house down the lane from us. Oh. And so I'd ride my bike by and be like, Wow, that's really cool. It's that's, them. Yeah. The Fruki family. And then the woman that owned the health food store, the health food store was called Provisions. Where and it was, was it? in Sag Harbor. Okay. And oh, it's still did there. you grow up in Sag Harbor? Um yeah. I, oh, I cool. spent I spent time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of like mo- moved around. Um so she doesn't own it anymore. I was really tuned into her Mm -hmm. and she just like had all these babies. She had long hair (laughs) 
and like really big boobs and always seem to be like pregnant or nursing or like holding a toddler and you know like putting labels on supplements (laughs) um I love that picture you just painted, <laughs> like holding a baby, nursing it, and putting and put, yeah, labels. Is that me? Is yeah, that I me? love it. <laughs> um, so I was really tuned into that, mm-hmm. you know. And at the same time, my mom was very busy working, and she was working in fashion, um, which in the eighties and early nineties. I mean, that was the industry. That was yeah. like where exciting things were happening. That's where most girls wanted to be. Yeah. And for me, I just like, I just wasn't into fashion. I just wanted to wear blue jeans and think about healthy licorice yeah. <laughs> and like the mom with a thousand babies in the supplement aisle. Yeah. Are you, do you have any siblings? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you grew up with them, like, around the same age? or There is um, a large age difference between mm-hmm. us. Uh, well, your mom was part of Betsy Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Betsy Johnson, like, that's such a brand. Like, that brand that they created yes. is so strong. So that yes. must have also been, I don't know. It's in you... there. Yeah. It's in there. You know, you take the the DNA of that brand... And what my mom built, my mom was, you know, they were partners. And so Betsy obviously is the creative genius Mm -hmm. and um, force. But my mom really took the business side and um, left brain. I think they were left brain, right brain, you know, like in in like extreme polarities. Mm -hmm. So I definitely grew up with that, um, watching two ladies Kill it. Cool. Yeah. And a business that was, you know, run by women. Mm -hmm. And so here I am 30 something years later with um, mostly females. How many people are there at Moonjuice? We're almost 100. Wow. Yeah. Big office. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's spread out Mm -hmm. from headquarters to the commissary to the three shops. Okay. Oh my gosh. And at what point did you go from, like, when did the dusts launch? The dusts were in jars, on shelves in, I'd say 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a little while ago. Yeah. I didn't realize I how. Know. We've been, like, secretly dusting for almost a decade oh now. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah. So did you know that you wanted to go that route once they came out? Like that, that was a really good growth strategy. I always think about how like there are so many juice bars, right? Mm -hmm. And the big ones like moon juice or like, let's say Preston moon juice at the time there was like juice served here, they're gone, but Mm -hmm. they were more like nationwide shipping. I would say, I would think pressed heads like it's ice cream that I think really helped mm-hmm. grow the brand. Um, but like moon juice, I mean, you guys really own the CPG like wellness supplement space. Yeah. And that, that really was because, um, I didn't, and I don't believe in HPP yeah. treatment for juice. Um, that seemed like, 
a greedy move. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I think it's my moon in Aquarius. I just like, I, I actually have to be inspired. There has to be a reason yeah. for me to do something when I get up in the morning. It can't just be um, to make money. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting enough for me. Yeah. Um, and you're in it because you're so passionate about raw foods and stuff, obviously. And health. Like, yeah. Health in general. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many avenues, um, selfishly looking to create products that it's going to better my life. Yeah. Um, and with that, you know, I know there are thousands of people in the same boat as me. Um, so when I looked at growth and I looked at what was on the table for juice specifically and milks. Um, It was to compromise the product, give it a month long shelf life, use a marketing trick, say it's still raw Mm -hmm. and get it out there. Um, And it's interesting to me. It's not raw. It's not raw. You're using high pressure pasteurization rather than heat pasteurization. And the tricky thing is that, the public doesn't know about that. Mm-hmm. You can call it raw. You can put cute phrases on there like never heat treated. Um, you're denaturing enzymes using pressure. So the product is put into um, something that's as big as a subway car. Wow. And it's filled with water and tons and tons of pressure goes onto the product and it destabilizes Um, bacteria and enzymes and so you're left with something that is denatured and it will have a shelf life of close to a month Um, but you obviously don't have the enzymes and the nutrition that you're really looking for in a raw juice so that was the hot ticket for the industry you know I watched Everyone did. Suja Mm -hmm. and Blueprint yeah oh my gosh what happened to Blueprint Huge they, M&A deals yeah. go through. And they all came knocking at the door. Um, so, you know, that that's not interesting to me. Um, for me to scale, my heart's got to be in it. And there's got to be truly a good reason to scale. And for me, what constitutes good reason is, is it going to actually be beneficial to the consumer And is it going to be beneficial to the company? Mm -hmm. And so with that equation, one could argue it is beneficial to Moon Juice, but I could even undo that argument and say, in the long run, this isn't going to work because we've got a mark, we've got like a memorable name, but ultimately going out there into like grocery wars with Coca-Cola and Pepsi and Starbucks, mm-hmm. they can come in and be organic. They can come up with a fun little sticker on their bottle and they can have the exact same recipe and it just turns into who's got distribution, mm-hmm. who's got, you know, who can slash their prices yeah. down. That ultimately that will be the game. And I think we can see that's clearly what it is. It's like, you know huge things of organic cold pressed juice I know. for like 279 I could I could never beat that. No. Yeah, and it's everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's at Target, it's at 
Probably it's everywhere. Walmart. It's everywhere. Which is which is great. And it's accessible. That it's everywhere. It should be everywhere. Yeah. So in looking at that. Um, at that point, when you had to make that decision, mm-hmm. um, did you have investors that were pressuring you or were you still able to, I mean, not that you can't call the shots, even if you have investors, mm-hmm. but. I'm curious if it was really difficult on that end. No, I had one investor at that point, and he was really a believer in the brand um, and an advocate for for Real the brand's nutrition. founder, <clears throat> which which is an incredible thing. And he's still obviously an investor and still an advocate. And so um, I'm grateful for that. That's so it may amazing. have been a very different story, you know. Yeah. If I had raised some other type of money. Mm-hmm. And was that around the same time that you launched the dust or had you kind of already done? Um, no, the dust that? were already sitting there. I would say um, in around the time of realizing, hey, I don't want to do this with the juice. I don't think this is a good long term strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not personally interested in it. Um, organically, what was percolating and what people were voting for and wanting were the dusts. And I could watch um, the orders come in. I could see people come into the shops and buy, you know, 20 at a time. And people really That's coming crazy. in and reporting daily usage and what was happening. We had celebrities that started using them and were outspoken about it. So, so you know, it's really you just like That's following, awesome. following what made sense. And that was the model where it was like, okay, this is something that gets better with scale. Mm-hmm. Nothing has compromised. And in fact, it's only enhanced because as we scale, and really get into this, um, you know, this gives me an opportunity to really get into sourcing, to really put together legit operations so that I can bring in potency, I can bring in safety, um, I can start creating supplements that I wish were out there on the yeah. market. Um, the supplement world is like the beauty industry. It's dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some big questionable yeah. ingredients being mm-hmm. put, you know, you have to have a scientific training to understand a label. So that really became a place where we win because, yeah, you know, as, so a, as a founder, sense. I'm passionate. I've got a reason to get up every morning. I'm creating something that I don't think exists. Mm-hmm. Um, we all win because I can do a better job of sourcing herbs and independently testing them. And ultimately, you know, we can reach many more people and um, it make makes those so things much, more accessible. Yeah, it makes so much sense because your team at the Three Moon Juice locations, they're so smart and educated. Yes, and to be able are. to replicate that, if you were to grow and scale in a crazy way, yeah. like nationwide. yeah managing that I mean maybe you know I mean obviously New York probably wants moon juice there and stuff and that would be cool but like that's still not the same as having to you know really source and find people that are passionate that are obviously also willing to be at a juice shop every day you know (laughs) and I think it can be done 
Mm-hmm. You know, there are these incredibly smart, passionate healers, mm-hmm. like truly healers. Yeah. Which is um, totally what you... Like young Aquarian yeah. healers of America in every town um, that I would love to open up a moon juice and have them there and have proper training. I'm not that person mm-hmm. that has that type of retail experience. I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the, for the long, the long road, the yeah. the big picture. And so I would love to North star that. Um, maybe one day somebody will come to the table and they're like, it's me. Mm-hmm. I've been out there. I rolled out, you know, 300 stores across America. Um, that person may come to the table and I'd love to work with them, but that person is not here. And yeah. so I'm really so comfortable with growing in a sustainable, nice, strategic way, mm-hmm. rather than feeling like we have to raise a hundred million dollars today and we have to acquire all of our customers over. And there's like a real panic on the scene. Yeah customer acquisition and you know DTC which like flips into the retail model Mm -hmm. and like you've got to open up at breakneck it's just I haven't gone for that model yeah so how have you sustainably grown it for the most part in terms of investment versus just growing through revenue coming in from products I've been so lucky to um to take on investors that really believe in the brand Mm -hmm. they see the brand they see the potential they come approach me um and I don't have a gun to my head yeah and I have creative control it's perfect and I have great advisors and I've been able to hire an incredible team Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah so what about like you guys are in Sephora right now Mm -hmm. and you have a lot more products than the than just dust. You have the skincare line that just launched. What else is going on? You have the dust, the skincare. We have the supers. Oh yeah. The supers. The supers and skincare. I literally couldn't take super you. I was dying to take it, but I was pregnant. So Mm -hmm. then afterwards I took it, but I'm nursing and my son did not sleep the first time I took it because it was that potent and powerful. And I was like, I love this and I can't wait. Because rhodiola, I love rhodiola. Yes. And it yes. totally works. Like Did it keep your son up? It kept him up. But he's super oh. sensitive. Okay. But I thought it was great because I knew that that's something that I'm going to go <laughs> to. <laughs> it's definitely working. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It hasn't kept my children up. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I also took it during pregnancy. It's not, you know, it's contraindicated by the FDA. Um, but you know your body and... I know my body. I also um, will consult TCM and mm-hmm. Ayurveda before I'll consult the FDA. Yeah. Um, you know, the FDA is not able to ethically test any of this on pregnant women. Um or rather it's unethical. So they do not test on pregnant women, um, go into traditional medicine and there are thousands of years I know of <laughs> testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lean into that. 
So what's next though, in terms of products? Well, no, we have, um, we have another super coming that I'm really excited about. That's exciting. It's a surprise super that I am super passionate about. Um, and have been using and have definitely been using in this last phase of life. What is it around? I know you probably can't say exactly, but I can't say exactly. Um, but it's definitely around longevity Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, 40 is approaching. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting watching the body go through birth and postpartum for a second time and to really see that happen in my late 30s as opposed to my late 20s. It's a very different scene. I bet, yeah. Yeah. So that definitely ties into that area and something that I've really been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that. Uh, there's another book coming out. Oh, oh my God. I think I saw that you were yeah. doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's been written for a long time. And uh, tying up the final design, but the literary world also, you know, combined with like being a birthing entrepreneur. Yeah. Timeline. Yeah. Timeline was not linear. What is that one? I mean, the other one was a lot. You had a lot of recipes that you have in the store. Yes. Is this one similar or does it have a lot of other? You know, I'd say it's it's, um, phase two. Moonju's cookbook is like classics from the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, if you love Moonju's, go home and learn how to do it. This one is really talking about stress, mm-hmm. the biology of stress. What does that actually look like in the body? What actually is the HPA? Um, stress is not an emotional reaction. There is true physiology to that, um, what are triggers of stress? What are these plants called adaptogens? There's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. Um, I see the daily roundups out there on the web and, you know, companies selling them, talking about things that, um, like tocotrienols are not adaptogens. Mm -hmm. It's questionable whether maca is an adaptogen. I could argue that it has adaptogenic qualities, but adaptogens are a group of plants and mushrooms that have been classified. Yeah. And so really getting into that and talking about what that list of plants are and then just getting into like really fun, yummy, homey, cozy, lazy ways oh to, to put them in your kitchen every day. That's so good. So like this one, you don't need your dehydrator. Mm-hmm. You kind of need just like some lazy kitchen 20 minutes. Like at breakfast, lunch, dinner too, or mainly yeah. tonics? I don't know. I feel like um, the way that I eat now is not really breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's yeah. just like this mono mono meal that's like a like a what about your husband he's the same (laughs) yes yes he's my soulmate (laughs) when I found him he didn't he didn't eat grains he also has like crazy crazy inflammatory response he's a drummer um he's a freak Mm -hmm. you know he like has caffeine or has something with grains in it within 20 minutes his joints are so sore oh my gosh 
he, you know, he's in physical pain. So, um, what is happening to people? This is crazy. Have you watched the documentary Franken's guys? No. Okay. It's all, it's like, what is it called? Franken's guys. It's all about chemtrails. Okay. Well, I've watched other chemtrail documentaries that it's crazy. Yeah. An interesting thing that Snowden said was he confirmed UFOs. He confirmed all these things that I was really concerned about. And then he denied chemtrails. Whoa. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Because I'm t a total believer of them. Now. I am too. I am too. And getting into just soil samples that have yeah. been taken over years on small independent farms. I, I mean. Yeah. I mean, they're spraying aluminum and we need mm -hmm. to figure out. Well, what's a really good way to detox from heavy metals? Like do adaptogens do that? No, I would. I mean, you know, adaptogens help the endocrine system respond to mm -hmm. that type of stress because um, environmental toxins are stress. Yeah. Um, but you want to get more into like cilantro. cilantro. Yeah. I don't know how much cilantro you have to eat, though, to keep up. Yeah. Like, like does your cilantro punch do the trick? I don't <laughs> know. You'd have to drink a lot of cilantro punch. I'd say like have have cilantro. Um I take chlorophyll pills. Mm -hmm. I take activated charcoal. Um, yeah, the activated yeah. charcoal. I haven't done that in a while. You know, so there's like in my... infrared saunas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been looking. I've ever since I well, I was talking to Shiva about it the other night, and she's like, "How does your nervous system handle watching the documentaries?" But at this point, I feel like I'm just super inspired to talk about it. Yes, because I feel like. Okay, well, all I can do is control what I'm putting in my body. I can't control like being afraid of going outside or whatever, everything yes. that's going on. But as long as I take care of myself and I do eat well and I go to acupuncture and I do these other things, I feel at you know, I am ultimately feeling great and happy, so mm -hmm. that's all I can focus on and you put your life force energy into creating this platform and having conversations that other people are afraid to have yeah like how come rfk can't find any other platform to speak on i know you know so i think it's a little bit of a dance there's mm -hmm. part of me that's like okay when the 5g comes like i, I, I am gonna put like like aluminum paint all over my house yeah. we're moving <laughs> i'm making a bunker um i'm we're drinking off like the only cilantro celery punch yeah. <laughs> I'm... at least you have a lifetime supply <laughs> yeah you know so there's part of it that goes to that place um and how do you do that and not live in fear? Exactly. So how do you take those measures and like get inspired to I'm not going to use vaccinations on my children because I've read the inserts and I've read the science and that doesn't seem like a good idea. I turn the Wi-Fi off in my house for at least 12 hours yeah, because that seems like a good idea. Mm -hmm. I don't eat certain foods because that seems like a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, like chemtrails, 5G, that gets into a place really of what we need to do about that is talk. Yeah. Talk about so. it, talk about it with each other, talk about it openly. Um, you have this incredible platform. You know, there's something to not running away. 
and living in our little like fearful wellness bubble by ourselves, but doing the things to support the body and then walking through the fire of what is every day. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of people ask me, why aren't you so afraid to be, like, it must be awful to be a mother now. Really? Yeah. Just because of all the It's a scary stuff world. And, yeah. It's a scary world out there. It must feel terrible to be a mother. Um, and I feel like it's, it's the love I have for my children. It's the love I have for all children. I think whether you have a child or not, if you, whether you're female or not, if you step into that mother energy, um, it gives you the power to get up and want to do good every mm -hmm. day. So I think it's a beautiful time to step into the mother energy and um, it makes you fearless. I think so too. I, I think, especially with environmental stuff, it's mm -hmm. like, I want a world where my child can live a full life, like a full length of time, however long that is. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that our world is going to be here. Our earth is going to be here and we're taking care of it. Like, I love that you guys are posting about composting at, at the headquarters. Oh, yeah. and We've got, yeah, we've got our pet worms and our yeah. compost. And you have, you're part of Kiss the Ground. Yep. I love their work. Yep. I mean, their work is so inspiring and gives you hope. Yes. Because before that, I was just terrified. Yes. And, you know, it's about education and talking and, and maybe eventually we talk about it so much that the people running for office or either you're inspired to run and those are things that you want to discuss because right now no one's discussing it or people who are running have heard it enough that they're willing to. They realize that's it. a marketable it's an issue. Yeah. platform. You yeah. Know? Like maybe eventually Bernie will think of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough with the Democrats, uh, you know, just sponsorship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting into politics is we, we need more of that. And, um, I'm inspired to get into corporate America. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like mm, at a certain point in life, it was like, Oh, yuck, corporate America. But now it's, it's like politics. It's like, yes. Yeah. Corporate America. Like, let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can get in the building and, have these initiatives and clean things up and stand for something else that means that my competitors hopefully we'll large up. competitors are gonna look around and realize oh no mm -hmm. we too have to have sustainable initiatives we too have to work for these social causes um that would yeah. be an incredible thing like that's my inspiration yeah. to i love that. get into that office building simply just to um, shake things up shake things up i love that yeah well thank you so much for joining us today it was so thanks. fun thanks, i'm Susie. super excited for what you're launching and yes. and thanks for getting personal with me yes thanks. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review, and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you, so keep in touch, and I'll see you next time.